Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Today I'd like to talk a little bit about the resource rent tax. Well, that's what I refer to it to. It's actually being um, referred to as the resource super profits tax. And I think I've mentioned before my view on a super profit and how I think the government's description of it has left a lot to be desired. Now, Blake uh, has already recorded his view on the resource rent tax, and I think that he's got some really good points there. However, I'd like you to hear my view on the whole thing. Now, there are a number of areas I'm going to cover off on today, things like debt, um, the resources that are flagged for the coming years, and also issues that the government's looking to deal with as part of this whole tax. And at the end of the day, uh, reasons why I'm actually going to be voting for the tax. Now, there's this whole issue of debt that's been created from the GFC and the government are battling with how they're going to pay for all of that and also where the money's going to come from to put in all these infrastructure projects that'll keep jobs going through the next few decades. So what avenues have they got to get this money from? Now, I mean, over the past few years, we've seen how our income tax rates have been lowered. Now, on the one hand, they could raise those to get the money. They could increase the GST as another avenue. But why not take the money from an area of the, the economy that's running much faster than the rest of the economy and, th and therefore spreading it out over other areas of the economy that are actually slower so more people in the whole economy will benefit? Particularly, this resource rent tax will actually help the lower section of the community. And it's about taking something from a resource that we've got that isn't finite. It's not going to last forever. Now, there's $109 billion worth of projects that have been flagged over the next couple of years. The question is, do we really want all of those going ahead and do we want them all to happen in that short space of time? I mean, even if half of those projects got through, that'd still be a good outcome for Australia. See, those projects are going to require a lot of labour. Given that Australia have an unemployment rate of 5% at the moment, so what does all this mean in terms of the resources that we need for these projects? I mean, labour's one thing. With an unemployment rate of around 5%, there's no way we're going to be able to have enough labour or skilled labour in the Australian economy that can run those projects or do the jobs that need to be done. And yes, there will be some training of people and upskilling. However, a lot of the jobs or people will have to come from overseas. So what does that mean in the future? I mean, when things slow down again, say 10, 20 years down the track, those people are not going to be able to find jobs and therefore we're going to have issues with unemployment down the track because of all the labour that we've had to pull forward in a very short space of time to accommodate these projects. So the way I look at it, the resource rent tax will actually soften all of that or flatten that out so that it's actually spread out over a longer period of time and those resources are dug up over a longer period of time. There's another side to it as well. I mean, the government's always battling with inflation. We hear it, or hear about it all the time when the Reserve Bank talks about raising interest rates. And at the moment, inflation's actually being pegged between the ideal range that they've set, which is 2 to 3%. I'm not saying that that is the ideal range, but that's what they've set, and that's where we're running at the moment. Now, a whole lot more projects and a lot more exports are only going to add to fuel that inflation. And who suffers as a result of that? Well, Average people on the street, small businesses, mums and dads who have to pay higher interest rates as a result of all of that taking off. The other side of it is the funding that's required to, to finance these projects. Now, 
if over the next couple of years all of these projects, $109 billion worth, were going to go ahead, there'd be a bit of a race to get that funding, particularly in the current climate where uh, wholesale debt markets could come under threat at any time because of what's going on with this second wave of the GFC. But what we want is the right projects to go ahead, the ones that are actually going to be profitable that'll get over the line. Now, if the government raises the bar in terms of the taxes that these companies are paying, then of course the banks, it, it provides a way for the banks to better filter the projects that are actually likely to make money in future rather than go the other way. Now, there are some questionable things about the resource rent tax and the way that the government are describing it, but it almost seems like the government are waiting for all of the, the companies to have had their arguments and, and everybody to have had their view before they actually come out with a lot of the facts. So that's what we're waiting for. But in the meantime, let's consider something here. I mean, do you ever think that Australia could run out of resources? And most people would probably say no. I mean, this country's been built on the back of resources and that's why we've been so prosperous. But how long do we want that to last? Well, ideally we want that to last forever. However, you might be shocked to hear that the current estimates for resources, 70 years for iron ore. Now, I mean, that's a lifetime for one person. That's only one generation. 10 years for oil, 60 years for gas, and 125 years for uranium. Now, of course, there are a lot of other minerals that I haven't discussed in this, but if you average that out, that's only one lifetime of resources to fund all the things that we need. So what is Australia going to do if we don't have the resources? Is it going to be that we'll fund ourselves on tourism? Well, when the rest of the world's in crisis, you can see how pretty quickly the money's going to run out because tourism isn't going to be really strong in that sort of environment. Now, I'd like to draw your attention to something that's happened, and Australia were actually involved in this. Nauru had a huge resource of phosphate. Going back, I think it was in the 70s, and Australia, New Zealand, and the UK got in there, made a deal with the Nauru government to take out that phosphate. Now, they took the lot. $65 million they made out of it, or I think that's what it was sold for. What do you think Nauru made out of that? $2.5 million only. So, look, I mean, Australia obviously don't want to do that to their own backyard, sell off all the resources so at the end we've got nothing left and therefore the, the economy goes into ruin. That could be a situation down the track at some point in time. We've got to be realistic about this sort of thing. Now, I know that all of this is causing some volatility in the share market at the moment, and that's likely to continue, particularly for the short term, um, until things are fully factored in. But what will happen is there will still be companies that will do very, very well out of any proposal that the government puts in place with the resource rent tax and the money that's going to go from that area and be channeled into things like uh, utilities and infrastructure projects down the track. A lot of jobs can be created in those areas and then we've got something that's built for the future that will last forever that Australians can get benefit of, out of. Now, while I feel for those people who are in the mining industry, and I've got family members who are, what I'd like to see is for the government to come out and start talking about the nitty-gritty details of this and what it means if we don't do it, and also for some, someone else in the media to be presenting the other side of the story, because a lot of the media is set up for industry, for th these big companies, and maybe supporting the mining company, and therefore may not be presenting a, 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 an objective view about the whole picture. Another argument too is why shouldn't those resource companies pay more tax than the average company who's say manufacturing or has a service type related business. Take a service related business for instance, they're using labour in an economy to generate a return. Now that labour is replenishable, 
So those people, okay, down the track, they will die and other people will take their place. It's not the same when you're talking about a resources company. Okay, yes, they do employ people and the same scenario happens, but what it is that their business is involved in will eventually run out. So therefore, in my mind, that warrants a higher tax rate. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. I hope you've enjoyed my point of view. Bye for now. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 SHARE TRADE.